Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Ugh, but dude, I'm not gonna lie, man. My allergies have been kicking my ass this morning. It has, it has been a tail matchup, that's for sure. Yeah, mine haven't kicked in yet, so. Yeah, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been great. I just stay congested. I sound like an old woman. But, Adam, you know, that's neither here nor there. But you know what is here? Episode 51 of the RVA Returners Podcast. Guys, we're back. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, Adam Lane. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. It is another glorious Sunday morning here in RVA. Um, kind of a lighter week when it comes to things. Um, you know, we got some news. You know, we got the Octagon open. That's happening. Uh, you know, PAX East is going on right now, which uh, the card game has a pretty solid presence there from what I keep hearing. Um, and then I got to go play in some locals down at Jersey's. But, you know, I, I want to just kind of briefly touch on when we get to it, just how like the, the great job they're doing down there. But, you know, you know, then we're going to talk about, you know, some, maybe some Tampa predictions. And uh, you know what cards we've been enjoying here in Opus Eight, but you know we're not—we don't put the cart before the horse here on this program, Adam. We like to make sure we wrangle everything up. I don't know why we're doing like Pioneer and Wild West, Wild West references here. Um, you don't want to get dysentery, but there's a place where we like to wrangle everything up, all the information for everybody. You know, there's somewhere where they can just go and get all the stuff they need. Adam, do you have a, a, an inkling of where that might be? Uh, stumped, man. <laughs> You're all shoulders, but I'll go ahead and tell you. It's the news. All right, so first headline is, um, I believe this is the first uh, North American like singles oct- uh, octagon open. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, the other ones have been like Euro- teams. Europe. Or- well, it's other. It's been like Europe time. So like uh, most of the players are from Europe in those ones. I mean, okay, there are gotcha. Amer- there are Americans and, and you know, Canadians and stuff playing, but we're kind of mm-hmm. operating on their time. So you, you kind of have to play at weird times. Whereas this is the first one. I think they've actually separated them now to the point where. EU can't play in the, in ours and we can't play in theirs. So this is the first one that's like actually separate. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, I know you're playing with that and playing in that mm-hmm. and I think everybody else is. I feel like I'm the only one alive who's not playing in it. But that's just that's a personal choice. I just I stared, I stared at a computer all day at work. I can't come home and play Octagon, but I just can't stare at a computer when I'm not at work. So, but Adam, you know, I know you had your first match. Mhm. Go ahead, go ahead and just unload, man. Talk about just kind of the whole experience with it, how it works, and you know how your first match went and all that. It wasn't that exciting. I mean, it was a it was a mono windmare. The guy was really oh, cool. Um, it was Alex Scott, I believe he does like the Mysidia post stuff, and so we were hey, able shout to, out on, to those guys. Yeah, we were able to get on voice chat and like play um, through Discord and uh, and Octagon, and so it was mm-hmm. a pretty cool match. Uh, it was back and forth for a while. Uh, he was playing the Cinna package. I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was able to get like an early start on me, but I, I just kind of kept building backups and then dropped like Yastola to Aerith. And mm-hmm. then I was the first person to be able to cast Diabolos and that was kind of it after that. That's how it happens. Um, but I mean, it was a good match. It was, I think I won seven to four, mm-hmm. but it was pretty close. Uh, he, he got his jury down first and then I saw mine the next turn and then I, then I saw the Diabolos the turn after that. So. Yeah, it was uh, kinda... sounds real riveting. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's mono wind, right? At the deck's still really good. Um, mm-hmm. He was on some some similar stuff to me, like he had Norstalin and all that stuff in there too. But he had uh, he had Connie Senna uh, and Lezaford. Those were like the two main differences in his deck that I didn't have. Um, and I'm not sure. Well, if he bad was... cards. They're not bad cards. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he was running um, the new Alexander, but I definitely was. Oh um, yeah. And, I mean, the cool thing is, like, uh, even though we both played Mono Win round one, that doesn't mean we have to play round two. So, uh, it's kind of like you can't really keep track. There's no way they're, they're going to be able to keep track of everybody's decks, so they kind of just allow people to switch decks in between rounds uh, until you get mm-hmm. to top eight and then you're locked in. Right. Um, so, overall, just kind of tell me, like, what, how the experience has been as far as, you know, scheduling your match. What, what, what kind of process did you have to go through to get everything organized for your first round? I mean, with Alex, it was easy. I uh, just tagged him in a post and... He messaged me, and we were going to play on today, actually, but then uh, he had 30 minutes free, I believe it was Friday, and he just asked me if I was free, and I hopped on, and we you know, 
30 minutes done. There so, it is. I mean, Easy peasy. If, if you're both, like, kind of familiar with Octagon and you, you know, like, a little shortcuts and you can get on voice chat, it's fine. Um, I mean, it's, it's fine either way, like, but it's, it's still Octagon. I mean, it sucks if, like, people DC or anything like that, but it's kind of what you get when you start playing online. I, I'm used to stuff like that. I play Hearthstone for a while, mm-hmm. so it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd rather play in person, but it's it's yeah, a means. Take what you can get. It's a means for testing, honestly. Like, and it if you're trying to test multiple decks, like you mm-hmm. can kind of just go to FF decks, export your deck as an octagon deck, play mm-hmm. it. Oh, you find something you don't like, or you want to try a completely different deck instead of having to re-sleeve everything. You can just do it again. So, like, if 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 you're trying to test multiple decks, I actually think octagon's really good. But it might be better than sleeving your real stuff up i know like that sounds weird mm-hmm. but like i mean obviously if you're just testing one thing and you have like a package of cards that you're trying to test then in person is just as fine because you can just you know unsleeve and resleeve 10 cards or whatever have them all sleeved mm-hmm. and just swap them in and out but if you're trying to test like multiple different decks mm-hmm. unless unless you just have like extra cards of like unless you got like 12 diabolos right because if you're testing like three or four wind decks you're, you're constantly moving them in and out and it can get exactly. a little annoying Unless you're proxying those or something. I mean, there are, there are ways to make it easier for sure, but I feel like Octagon well, to an extent makes it pretty easy. It is, and it's easy. And it, you can definitely like test side, test outside of your normal play group, which is always really, really helpful to get more looks. And like I said, if I didn't stare at a computer all day at work, because I know when I wasn't you know, working in an office, you know, we played Octagon actually quite a bit, but I just, I, I can't do it. I, I got old, I'm an old man with old man eyes. And if I stare at a computer screen too long, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, they're just not working anymore, but I'm glad you got your first match in. How many rounds is it total? I want to say it's eight. Okay. Eight rounds with a top eight cut. It's either, yeah, it's either eight or 16. I can't hundred percent. Okay. So this, this is a pretty lengthy event. I mean, it's, it's like 90 people. It might be seven rounds. Okay, but it's it's up. It's like ninety people entered, um, you know, all across the states, and I, I believe Alex is from Canada, so you know, mm-hmm. Canada too. Um, nice. So I mean, it's a lot of fun. You get to play people you don't normally get to play, and some people that you do. Um, well, it's good. It's good, and it was free entry from what you were saying, and the prize payout's pretty legit. Yeah, completely free. Um, the only thing, like, rounds last three days, so you have three days mm-hmm. to play your round out. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I'm worried about is when we're in Tampa, I'm not sure how I'm going to play that round. Uh, but we'll no, I'll, I'll have to figure it out. Well, I'd be willing to bet a few people are going to have that same problem. Yeah. So, but that's like the like you're having a lot of fun. Um, I know I actually got a chance to go play at another um, event. I got to go down to Jersey's again and play in their Friday locals. That's one of the perks about having Friday off. Um, I want to say this. Um, I think that store, uh, Jersey's, does a great job. Uh, I think Connor does a fantastic job of kind of wrangling that whole thing together. And obviously, they got great uh, crew down there that kind of helps keep it together. You know, Adam Duncan, Stephen, Tannis, Danny, Josh, Trevor, like that whole group. Every, if I didn't mention your name just now, that doesn't mean that I don't think you're a big part of that. But you know, <clears throat> they're they you know ever since Pocket closed, they've been really kind of searching for their identity. And I think Jersey's, and I know. Spencer does a lot for Tower down in Virginia Beach. They've been doing really good work, but um, I got to go to their locals on Friday. I, I ended up winning. Ended up uh, playing Fire Ice. That deck is just silly. Um, and I, you know, it, it's it was a local, so everybody was. You had some people playing meta stuff, and then you had some people like testing stuff for Tampa, which is coming up in a couple weeks. So yeah, I think if you're going to Tampa and you can't beat Fire Ice, you should probably pick a different deck. Just throwing that out there. But it was a good time. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to those guys because they're doing really, really good work. And I think, I think they've got a home base now. So we should probably see, or I'm pretty certain we're going to see the villain cups come back now that we've got a home base down there. So big shout outs to that. And uh, the last piece of news is actually, uh, uh, well, not the last piece of news, but probably the bigger piece of news. Pax East is going on, and I know. Um, Last year, PAX East was going on when we were down up in Boston for the Boston Crystal Cup, and uh, there's been a lot of buzz with the uh, the TCG up there this time around. Yeah, I, I want to say they they had a booth about this size last year too. There's just less people posting about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's got a lot of foot traffic. I've been getting a lot of messages on Twitter from a couple mm-hmm. of different people saying they're having a good time playing Gunslingers, and that's been mm-hmm. kind of packed for people um, playing, which is a good thing. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Dan and PJ are up there. Uh, the Jersey Boys. They're up there having a good time. They're they're playing some gunslingers and just kind of palling around. Yeah, PJ um, sent me a picture of uh, him taking a picture with Morito with his big dumpy shirt on. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I, I I like to wonder what's going on through his head when he sees that shirt. Just like apparently he commented on it. He said it's a cool shirt. I don't know. That's what I was told. Yes. So yes, it's infectious. It's infectious. And uh, I know apparently he's just been slamming the gunslingers up there um, with uh, I, I want to see his Fire Ice Six list because apparently there's like Cyan and General Leo and stuff in it, and I really, really want to see that. I think just he's just all I, in I got on a it. Spot yeah, for I, I feel like with the gunslinger decks, like they just go all in. Like, oh, they have to, they have to, because they're meant to be fun. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, but it's like you know, like when he plays Warrior of Light, it's just like I'm playing all of them. I don't care. You know, it's kind of like yeah. that. I'll stretch to get water in there. It doesn't matter. But no, it sounds like a really good time. It sounds like you know, Final Fantasy. I know just in general, they had the episode art. And they showed that, and apparently they had it, and it like released this weekend as well which i need to pick up but i'm actually playing through 15 again so i'll get to that when i get to it but uh no it looks like it was a good time i'm glad to see the card game kind of coexisting with the rest of squares you know product family it's kind of nice to see that and if it's getting foot traffic and people are curious about it and the more the merrier yeah for sure uh, i just hope that like they do more stuff alongside their other stuff like instead not just convention booths but like mm -hmm. with the games when they mm -hmm. release would, would be cool for me to see. Absolutely. And uh, one one piece of news that I had actually forgotten, the um that store champion picture that we saw that looks like it has a, a full art Alua as a part of it. Well, yeah, so Cognazo is the next promo. Yeah, Cognazo is the next promo. Um, or April, it's April's promo. Yeah, and then, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's like, it's obviously an Alua behind it, for sure. Mm. Um whether or not that that was supposed to be shown or not, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a Lua. So I I would it'd be a pretty safe assumption that May is a Lua. Yeah, and uh, that um that Fang play map pretty saucy too. Yeah, that's Australia only though. I think the play map. Man, I would love to have play mats like that around here. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, you know, the Crystal Club play mats are pretty sweet, but yeah, like we don't, we don't I, have any do kind of yeah, we don't have any kind of like uh, store championship here yet. We'll get to that point, I'm sure. But otherwise, you know, uh, last piece of news, I kind of briefly talked about it. Uh, Tampa's in two weeks. So if you're going, I hope you're testing, hope you're getting yourself ready because, um, you know, there will be – it's going to be the Wild West, man. There's going to be a lot of uh, lot of wild decks that you got to think about. There's a lot of avenues you got to cover. So I, I really can't wait to see what people uh, bring. And I am extremely happy to be in the booth for this one, that's for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Like, I mean, I'm I'm testing my stuff. I'm not really testing in particular for Tampa, but mm -hmm. it's like I I don't I wouldn't know what to expect to be honest. And yeah. so you'd have to like either play it really safe or like be really comfortable with whatever you've built, um, and maybe oh, yeah, try to absolutely. catch some people off guard. Um, it's I mean, and and the fact that I'm pretty sure it's still top thirty two, even though there's no draft. So the a lot of things are gonna be able to squeak in there. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna feel really bad if someone gets the one seed and loses to the 32. Oof. That, yeah, that wouldn't feel rough. great. Um, but I mean, it's yeah. I mean, good luck to the people that are trying to figure that meta out because it doesn't mm -hmm. exist yet. So, yep. and, and you got people coming from different scenes, so you know their meta is gonna be pretty different too. I mean, you're gonna see the typical things for sure. Mm -hmm. But you're gonna see some wild stuff for sure too. I think. Oh, absolutely. And uh, to kind of coincide with that, you know, I just want to kind of touch on it real quick. Uh, I know each of us is going to be releasing a video in the next week or so uh, talking about just kind of doing a deck tech on the deck that we would play if we were actually playing in the event. So be on the lookout for those. Um, those are, that's going to be a lot of fun to record. I can't wait to jump on that. Um, but otherwise, you know, again, a light week on the news. Um, and I know, you know, Tampa's really the next big thing coming up. So we'll see what pops off uh, during this week. And, uh, you know, next week's episode might be, let's see, this is a piece of news, I guess. Next week's episode might be a little late because I will actually be in New Orleans with my good buddy, Stephen Arboleta. So we might have a slight delay on next week's episode, but we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. But otherwise, Adam, any, any other news, any other headlines, anything hot off the presses, anything you see? Not that I can think of. 
Excellent. 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 All right. So let's go ahead and dive right into our main topics this week. Um, obviously, Opus 8 is out. Decks have been built. Some events have been had. And we, we've we just uh, released our last um, set review, the light and dark cards, and kind of a set overview in general. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, watching those and, you know, just taking the time to, you know, like, comment. Uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of comments on each video. I want to say the ice one might be the only one that didn't get any comments on it. That might but, be right. I have to look. But overall, you know, um, we appreciate everybody checking that out. And you know, I'm sure you agree with some. I'm sure you don't agree. But I will say this: some of the cards I've rated, my opinion has already kind of changed after, after actually like seeing them in action. Not not by much. Yeah, me too. But I I think overall the way we felt about cards initially is pretty spot on. Um, now, as far as cards we've been really enjoying since the set's been out, Adam, what Opus 8 cards have you just really, really just kind of gravitated towards and just really been connected with? I mean, the Warrior of Light is probably yeah. my number one. I've built, like, probably, like, 30 decks around that card now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm and still, they all feel different, don't they? I'm still not sure what the best one is. I really honestly couldn't tell you. I have everything from, like, ones that could potentially kill you in one turn if you let it go off. Mm-hmm. to the ice one which i feel like is pretty consistent um and a little bit more stable as far as like maybe in a tournament like you could bring that to a tournament and probably succeed same with the wind water the typical mm-hmm. wind water one i feel like it's pretty good too i feel like those are the top two for me i'm not sure which one's better yet um and then the uh then i have one that can like infinitely draw your deck which is pretty mm-hmm. sweet but i That's wouldn't pretty- play that in a tournament <laughs> um I'm, I'm just not sure like what you like I could draw my deck, but I need to figure out like maybe if what do you do with it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's up there. If I had to pick a second card too, uh, just because mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick two anyways. Yeah, uh, do it. I have I have a lot of fun with Death Machine too. I I know I rated that card like a two. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've come I've come higher on the card now. I do think it's actually legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of fun to play. The thing is, I do feel like if it ever gets to the point where it's just like out of control, it's gonna be really easy to counter it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is a lot of fun, and I think it is a real card. So, well, and I do also think um, kind of one of the one of the, I guess the kind of segue or kind of harken back to what I just said. A card that or a set of cards that my opinions changed on is like Rufus, Reno, and Rude, particularly because of Death Machine. I think they work very well in a Death Machine shell, just because you can almost like two for one or just white. You know, you can just do a lot of stuff with that package in that deck. So. My, my my opinion on Rufus and them have actually come up a lot as well. Yeah, so, but as far as cards I'm enjoying, it's it's a uh, it, it's no secret. Um, I'm not gonna pick particular cards, but I'm gonna pick like packages. Uh, the 15 cards I have just been having an absolute blast with those. Um, I think if you're playing the 15 boys, I, I, or I think if you're playing Mono Earth, you're playing the Final Fantasy 15 guys because they just when when they all get out on the board together. It, it's pretty hard to deal with. Like you have to find a way to like efficiently remove all of them, and because they're so big at that point, you you can't really do it without spending a lot more than you had. But then if you're then if they're protected by Lyle or like Cockatrice, it could just be a blowout. Yeah. So I think those cards are a lot of fun. I think Prompto is an excellent card. Like every time I like start getting down on Prompto and start thinking if this card's worth six CP, I have a turn where it's like. Oh yeah, I'd gladly pay eight CP for this card. Um, so I, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with those. And a uh, uh, undead princess, I'm gonna give an honorable mention to in that package. That card's really, really good. And I was very unsure of it. Man, if you're playing a mono earth, like, that card can just straight up win you games out of nowhere, just out of nowhere. Yeah, I think uh, I, I do think like the as far as the mono earth stuff goes, um, mm-hmm. they they are a little susceptible to board wipes because they do need to be together. But you can mm-hmm. like you can just play no- Noctis and Gladio and. Some decks will yep. have trouble dealing with it. Uh, mm-hmm. It just depends on the deck. Yep. So. And so I, I feel like Ignis is just kind of like, you almost treat him like a summon, almost. Yeah, you can do it. I think once you get the three of them out, you're pretty set, but you just have to be careful once you get the three out that, like, if they have a board wipe, it's probably coming. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely so. it is. And then, uh, obviously, the other, you know, set of cards that's near and dear to my heart is, well, the Final Fantasy VI cards. Turns out Locke is the best uh, Opus 8 Legendary. Um, that, that deck's actually just really, really good, just being able to get the value off of Locke. You know, just being able to play two backups, then play Locke and force the discard. Then if you have the Haste Enabler, 
there's a good chance they're pitching two cards and taking the point of damage. So it's I, the deck is a lot different than it used to be. Um, I think cards like Blaswell are just absolutely insane. Um, so those are the two decks I've been having a lot of fun with, and I just I, I get to play decks with characters that I like, and they're actually very competent and competitive. So it, I, I feel like I'm having more fun with the game that I've had uh, in the last couple sets. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. That's very much a good thing. How about you, Adam? What are your What are your thoughts on Fire Ice? I think it's solid. Um, I I would be, I wouldn't give it like tier one status. But again, like yeah. it's early. Like it's hard for me mm-hmm. to really say that for sure. Uh, I do feel like it has some struggles. Like Laswell is really really good, mm-hmm. as long as you can damage their forwards, right? Yep. Uh, but like if an Aerith or like a Minwoo comes down. He's gonna have trouble, and that archetype has really no answer for that, unless unless you want to play Hades Oof. to get rid of Minwoo. But you, mm-hmm. but you really don't have much of an answer to Aerith other than just swinging at her. Yep. Um, it's kind of like Yshola in that respect too, and they're the same deck, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's a little rough. And I think that's a deck that you will definitely see. And mm-hmm. for that to be your rough match, here's the thing though: I think going into Tampa, it's like if you bring a deck you're comfortable with you also have to be comfortable with the fact that you're not gonna just win everything on paper because mm-hmm. everything's gonna be so all over the place it's gonna be impossible to tech your deck to win every matchup even even like the decks that you expect to come or there's gonna be ones that are just gonna beat your deck on paper oh yeah um, and i think that's just something you're you're gonna have to like accept so like while i think fire ice does have trouble with like mono wind or decks with those cards that i mentioned there's uh-huh. a chance you could go to tampa and not play those cards like mm-hmm. i mean that's that's just as likely absolutely so i i think that's a great segue um to what we really want to kind of dive into and let's talk about predictions for tampa so i i think you know you kind of hit the nail on the head i do think fire ice will definitely be there because right now, if you look at a lot of the uh, like events that are happening, Fire Ice is all over the place right now. It's winning out in California. It's winning in uh, you know Washington and Oregon. It's very, very much doing well on the West Coast. Um, it's doing well here on the East Coast. You even see it being played down in Florida as well. So I feel like if you're going into Tampa and you have a deck built, you need to be able to fare well in that matchup. And I feel like you need to be comfortable in it without sacrificing other matchups. Right. So that's, I think that's my first piece of advice to anybody going, have a deck that can do well against Fire Ice, but without sacrificing other matchups. I, I think you just need to like, when, when you're building your deck for Tampa, at least for like in, in where the current state where it is now, it's like, you want you want your stuff to be generally good rather than like, yep. uh, don't run silver bullets, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yep. I feel like they're going to bite you. If you run like if you try to run like a silver bullet to beat like one or two specific things, mm-hmm. uh, we don't have a sideboard in this game, so like those cards are gonna just be dead in some matchups, and, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, like for uh, I'll use a card that we've been hating on as an example, like Arden, right? Arden mm-hmm. Arden is really good against some colors, really yep. awful against other colors. So like. Mm-hmm. You could play them because you're just like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll run into like a bunch of mono lightning and I'll play Arden and they can't do anything. But it's like, what if you don't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, I, th- I think you want to build more toward your own game plan than build to other people's decks. Unless there's just a card you know that if it hits the table, you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you have to start thinking about like, well, how can I answer this without making my deck crap? Exactly. So Exactly. And... With that being said, what do you think? So there's going to be a top thir- uh, top 30, 32 cut, which is really hard. Like that's once you get past like really like I'll even go as far as like top eight, like even like eight through sixteen sometimes can be can start getting a little wacky. But you get beyond top sixteen. It, 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 it is it is the negative zone. It is no man's land out there with whatever kind of decks it could be. Because depending on the way it works, you could have an X3 make it in or, you know. Well, you def- just definitely will. X3s yeah. will definitely make it in. Yeah, you, you could even go as wild depending on how the, the top stacks up. There could be like an X4 in there 
something really, really wild, depending. Like, the math could check out. I highly doubt it because I think, you know, the number of people are going to be there, and I'm sure there will be an undefeated at the end of the day. So, but the chance is there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of decks in this game can make top 32 in a tournament. A lot. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And when I say a lot, I mean, like, a shit ton. Like, hundreds of decks can make top 32 in this game. Like, no, no lie. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of decks could potentially make top 8 for the most part. I mean, if you look back at previous tournament results, even when meta was pretty defined, like, you would still have some outliers every now and then, and they'd be pretty different. So, oh yeah, and and this is even going to be even weirder because like this is the meta doesn't exist yet really. I mean we know what old stuff is good, mm-hmm. but that old stuff has to be ready for the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I don't know it's just not that easy. I mean you're going to see a lot of the old stuff too, which is like mm-hmm. one or two new cards because I mean that I mean I wouldn't blame anyone for doing that. No, not at all, not at all. If someone took Wind Water YRP and just threw like Athena in there, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, I don't even know if you have to change a card in that deck. You could probably still do well. Yeah, honestly, you could literally like cut. You could if you're not running Cecil, you could easily go like two Barts, one Fina, and still probably feel great at a tournament. Yeah. But with that being said, as, as we as you start diving a little bit deeper into what top eight could be. What do you? What decks do you think are, are are? What am I trying to say here? What decks do you expect to see, and are you would you be surprised to see them if that makes sense? Um, I mean, if I was if I was going, I would be hundred percent. I mean, Mono Wind would be the number one deck I'd probably expect. Mm-hmm. I think it's got like the most easy to just put in improvements. Mm-hmm. Um. It got better, which makes no sense. Uh, you still have access to all the like some of the best cards in the game. Uh, I mean, you're consistent because you're a mono deck. Like you don't have to worry about like really terrible draws and having to worry about color fixing. And you you just you just does everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, though, the thing you do have to be worried about if you bring mono wind is like, I'm pretty sure ninety percent of the people that are going to this also expect the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you have to expect that people are going to be looking at that deck too. And and again, like there's not a whole lot of tricky stuff you're going to be doing in mono wind. Like I say tricky, I mean like stuff that people won't expect. Like yeah, mono wind. Mono mono or mono wind is a very it, the lines are very simple. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I would say there there definitely can get like some trickier stuff when you start th- like when you both players start throwing down diaboluses and you got your stolas on the board. But like mm-hmm. what I I just mean like the the cards you're gonna see like I mean I just don't think there's much experimental room in Mono Wind anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean like you could put some cards in if you just want to have fun with it like, but I wouldn't recommend it for like a Crystal Cup like. No. You know what I'm saying like if if you want to put, I don't know think throw a, I, I'll I'll call you I guess I'll call you up for like a second if you want to put Balthier in the deck, you know. Huge mistake. Have, he does nothing for the deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does absolutely. Exactly, like it's just, but it's also just because there's just better cards. I mean, yep. as much as it sucks to say, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's just how it is. And I I feel like the list is very very tight now. Um, at least mm-hmm. the one I've been testing, I I don't know what. I mean, maybe there's a few things here or there where you could cut one or two cards off, but I feel like the core of the deck is gonna look very much the same. Yeah, uh, no, I I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, and then like, that's a deck you can't get cute with. Yeah, and then after that, I would expect to see a pretty good amount of mono lightning for sure yep. um and that's a deck though that i feel like everybody's is going to look fairly different no i agree with that too um i mean it's an archetype you're definitely going to see but like numbers wise mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to know what to expect i mean i think some people are going to be running soccer some aren't you're going to see some that have like three astinians in it some aren't you might see ones that don't have Sid in it i wouldn't recommend yeah. it but i mean I, people have been doing okay with it um, yeah, sometimes the threat of Al Sid is just as good as the card because people will play around that. Like they'll feel real bad leaving up an active forward, you know. Yeah, it'll be a little bit worse for you uh, in top thirty-two when people can see your list if you don't mm-hmm. have Al Sid. But in Swiss, yeah, I mean, as soon as they see purple cards, they have to play around it. So. Yep. And that's why I still stand by my prediction that I, I do think uh, Mono Lightning will win Tampa. But what's crazy is that that's such a weird pick because there's like, like you just said there could be like seven to eight different ways to play mono lightning you just don't know i'll tell you i'll tell you there will be one constant in every mono lightning list that i can 
hundred percent. Three Alua. Three Alua, in every yes. list. So, other than that, like, I don't even know if I can really guarantee another card. As much yeah, as crazy no, as that is. Absolutely. Like, I can't. I don't even know if I can even guarantee like Sid Previa at this point. You, you can't. Some decks run it. Some don't. Yeah. Some some are running it. Some are. Uh, I guess the only other card I could maybe guarantee. Uh, hold on. Let me think. Uh, Probably three CP Ramu. Yeah, Ramu. Uh, three or four. I think they both are. Even if you're not running Zapped, I think you play both of those cards. I really yeah, do. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, those cards are just too good. I think, I, I think you know, while we're talking about you know Ramu, that's a good segue into monsters. Monsters are, are going to kind of once again be the wild card at this thing. Will we expect monster decks? Will we expect somebody playing like some kind of Melt Gemini deck? Um, will there be some kind of crazy, you know, lava spider aggro nonsense? Like, there, there's like monsters are kind of a wild card right now. And I also say this I really hope your deck has answers for monsters. Yeah. So here's the thing about, like I said at the beginning, right? Where like mm -hmm. you have to be worried about like silver bullet cards. Yeah. Because what if you miss all the monsters? Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you could be like, oh, I'm going to run both alexanders i'm gonna play like all this monster removal and monsters aren't gonna beat me great all your mm -hmm. matches are mono wind mono lightning like have yep. fun you know exactly and so it's like you can play these cards i think the thing is gonna be there are some cards that just happen to also be good against monsters and those are gonna be the cards that shine more i think like ramu but the yep. problem with ramu is like now if people are playing these three cp and plus monsters ramu ain't hit that so I yep. think, I and think that's the, why, um, yeah. to kind of just kind of spoil the video I'm going to record, I would 100% bring Mono Earth to this event with the 15 guys because I feel like you have a, you have a card in the deck that's just innately good against monsters just in general. Doesn't matter the cost. Yeah, it's so tough I though think, because it's an S. I mean, if you hit it though, it's it's really good. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's it's even though it like it's kind of cheap on the card, it's like still kind of expensive at the same time. It, it's three CP break a monster. Yeah, is what you're paying. Yeah. So, but you are losing fine. a forward that you probably would want to play at some point. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's and that's the only downside. But thankfully, like in that color, you have a ton of recursion, so it doesn't feel as bad. But still, it's something you have to do, and it's one of those things that if you don't, if you don't run into monsters, you've really lost nothing because the card, like you said, it's just kind of. It's just kind of has built-in monster hate in it, and it's a card you're already playing. And that's the kind of stuff you need to have in your deck. Stuff that has that just kind of dual functionality. Yeah. I mean, even when three-color monsters were good and people were trying to hard target it, sometimes you wouldn't run into it. It was the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and But the problem back then was is there wasn't a lot of accidental monster hate cards like Ramu. They just didn't exist then. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like a decent amount do. So... You have cards that you're already playing that just happen to also deal with the monsters that they're playing. And I think those are the cards, like I said, that will shine. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to really say if everyone's going to be bringing these high cost, like three plus cost monsters. And mm -hmm. do you really want to put cards in your deck just, just to deal with those? Yeah. And, that, and that's where, again, it's just, just really being prepared for as much as possible. But I think you also hit it on the head when you you have to kind of go in with an expectation that you may run into something that you're just going to flat out lose to. You, you have to. I mean, for one thing, it's a card game, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of variance. It's just, you know, you have to, when you play a card game competitively, you have to accept variance. You just do. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes, you, you can't win every game. It's impossible. You can yep. play your best every 100% of the time, and you'll still lose sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, it's just how it is. It's the same with matchups. Like you, you can't. It's impossible to cover every matchup. When the meta gets more defined, you can cover what you know. But there's still mm -hmm. some chance that you play another guy that's like trying to, you know, outthink the meta, and he brings something wild, and it just happens to just dumpster whatever you're playing. That that could happen. Yep. Um. So and and the same can be said. Like you could play a matchup that's really terrible for you and just draw really well, and your opponent doesn't, and you win. Yeah. Yeah, that could happen too. Um. So, I mean, I think, like I said, I, that's why I'm saying, like, be comfortable with your own game plan, I think is the best thing for mm -hmm. anyone going to a tournament this early in the meta. Like, you have to be comfortable with what you're trying to do instead yep. of trying to be comfortable with what everyone else is trying to do. You just have to be aware of interactions and stuff. I think that's I agree with that. Now, do you think there's going to be any breakout cards? 
Like if you had to pick like a, a, you know, a couple, like you know, just kind of spitball a couple that you think are going to be like this thing's really going to like shine at this tournament. This thing is going to what could potentially cause like price spikes and things like that. If, if you had to pick a couple cards, you think that are going to just break out and perform at this event, what do you think they're going to be? Uh, I mean, it has to be. You know, you're saying like new cards, like the OPK yeah, cards. yeah, like yeah, new breakout performers or or. <clears throat> And I'm, I guess I'm kind of turning this into low hanging fruit. Any older cards that are, that are going to perform very well because of the new cards. The the uh, I'll just go ahead and put it on the table. Lock is definitely one of them because of cards like Edgar. Yeah, yeah, Lock definitely saw an improvement. I think Mion <coughs> is really a lot better in this set. Which one? Mion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think if you're playing Mono Wind or even just Wind X in general, I think you should look at Mion. She ramps you really hard now because of the new 4CP backup, um, which I still think is a really insane card. Uh, I know one card I think I said was like a little overrated on the review um, that I think we'll, we'll see a lot of play and do good things is the new Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think it's I still think people are going a tad over crazy with it, but I, I've been running it as like a three of, and it's been really good. So Absolutely. Um, Again, that depends. Like the the meta could change, and then it could be worse. But sometimes, like breaking a minor or a devout is really really good. Sometimes just breaking a yuri is all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it has flexibility, it also hits the like four and more monsters, which isn't too much other than like death machine. But you're, again, you're not playing that to kill monsters. It's like one of those cards where it's like I'm playing it to kill four C plus forwards mainly. If I hit mm-hmm. backups, that's really good for me. And if I hit monsters, cool. You know, like, yep. so, but it's not going to hit a ton of monsters unless you're playing like four plus. So, no, I, I, I can agree with that. Um, I think if I had to pick a couple breakout cards, um, I actually, I legit think Rufus is probably going to be a breakout card at this event. I, I think, I think that card, especially like when you read it on paper, I think, I, I know we mentioned this too in our review that we kind of get blindsided by it not being like a full on, like, like Turks package. But that with Reno and Rude, or specifically Reno, it can be pretty good. It can be pretty, pretty powerful and kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I know that's a card that you know you've kind of messed with a little bit. Just overall, it's a much better card than I initially thought because because you can just do so much with it, and you it, it comes into play with the intent of dying. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I think I mentioned it a little bit on the the right the review video that we had is like. Mm-hmm. They're, the only reason that say the only thing that saves them is Rufus and Reno, and you just like the fact that you're just swinging up, and then using Reno to basically deal AK to an active with with Rufus out. Uh, the thing is, the thing that stops that, and a card that I mean, I know I'd be looking at this card if I was mm-hmm. going if I was playing in Tampa, and that's the heroic Yuna. Yep. Um, a lot of stuff that was actually on my list as well. Yeah, a lot of stuff that like we're talking about. Um, main the Turks being main ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, removed from the game, like. He's just a 5k. Yep. He doesn't do anything else. Uh, R- Reno's only going to deal three. Because mm-hmm. he has to hit the break zone as well. Um, it stops things like Veritas of the Dark. Where like I, f- I feel like people are playing that now. That's a card I definitely underrated too. Um, yep. The more I've like messed with it, the more I've played against it. If it's played at the right time, it can be very annoying. And mm-hmm. But when you play H. Yuna and you can turn that thing into just a one-sided fanfret for six, that feels pretty good. Yep. Because uh, I, I think the thing that makes the card really strong is if you play it, and they have one forward on the board, and you man, and you get they have they have to kill that forward, um, mm-hmm. and then on the way out they probably are gonna like let a backup go, or they're forced to play another forward that they want to lose. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Yeah, having a Juna back in the fold really is going to allow for a lot of it's a good counter to a lot of things if that makes sense right because you know all the recursion like that good safe recursion that earth has even fire ice has a lot of recursion these days with um with the setzer backup um you know i i think being able to kind of um negate a lot of that stuff i think definitely helps so i would be i would expect yuna h to maybe have a breakout performance this weekend or we finally start seeing her kind of come back into the fold and that's hard because rare yuna is still really really good yeah i think it's it's deck dependent right like it's hard i think mono in mono water a lot of people still want to play the rare yuna um and i get mm-hmm. that it makes your stuff cheaper and uh you know two cv fanfords are still really really good mm-hmm. um 
But, like, sometimes if, if your opponent lets you build up, like, if people are playing slower decks, which you have to kind of make that call, then I think Hina, like, if you have time to play here, um, it could be really good. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think another card that you're going to see a lot of, and I think, well, what am I trying to say? Because I don't know, I, I guess I've one that I'm kind of on the fence about, because then I want to go into, like, duds, cards we think that are just that, you know, we that we think are really good. But I think that are just going to be duds. But there's one that I'm still like right in the middle of the fence on. That's actually Rain, uh, Light Rain. I I think it has the potential to be a breakout card, but I also have the I also think it has the potential to be a total flop in Tampa. Yeah, I've been playing it a little bit in Water Lightning. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been pretty good. I think if you have easier ways to haste it. Mm -hmm. uh, gets more dangerous, and so in that deck, I've been running Red Mage, and you just get the five backups, and you play them for three, and then you hold up a lightning, two light, uh, Red Mage and a lightning backup, and you just haste mm -hmm. them. Yeah, you don't even need the so at that point. Like any, any tutorable in that in that archetype. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I think he's a good card. I just, I think it's one of those things that people are going to be expecting it. So they're, you know, when they see when they see the backups you play or the cards you play, they're gonna be like, "Oh, Rain's definitely in that deck for sure." Mm -hmm. And then you're just gonna kind of be left out in the, um, you know, you're gonna feel bad when you try to play that thing, and they're just like, "Nope." Well, the sweet thing is in that deck, he's an eight K, so yep. it's a little bit harder to deal with. He's a, mm -hmm. I mean, he's a three CP eight K in that deck that's searchable, mm -hmm. um, and you can easily give him haste. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I think that's where he's gonna shine really mm -hmm. but I, I i think you want to run all those cards i just said yeah in order to know absolutely you do um i absolutely. think if you just try to dump them somewhere else i think he's fine in mono lightning too again because all those cards are lightning cards that i just said mm -hmm. except for avelia that's the only card mm -hmm. that's not lightning so he's still a 7k in mono lightning but yep. i think he's pretty good I, agree with all that. And I think if there's any card that uh i think there's gonna be some cards that are gonna flop um, I think the the new Zidane, the two CP Zidane, I think that card is going to be a flop this in Tampa if people are playing it. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. I, I think it's still really strong. Oh, uh, I do too. And I, I think like against Mono Wind, they don't have a lot of good early answers. Like if, so, if you're expecting a lot of Mono Wind, mm -hmm. uh, I think Zidane can do well there. But Mono Lightning, there's just so many things that answer that card if you try to turn one Zidane. And like I said, the later he's a Dane, the, the worse he is. I mean, like, you still have to deal with him, but, like, when it's, when it's like, turn five, six, seven plus, like, he's way easier to kill than turn one. But if you play, like, turn one's a Dane and Mono Lightning plays, like, turn one Black Mage, like, mm -hmm. you're, you, it, you're pretty far behind, I think, at that point. No, for sure. Now, is there is there a card you think that's going to flop hard this weekend, or is there, you know, maybe one or two you're on the fence about, not sure? Flopping is hard to say. Uh, I mean, I guess like, when you say flop, you just mean like it won't, maybe it just doesn't. Like it's a card that we think is pretty good, but it won't show up in 32. Yeah, or, or it just won't have the impact that we think it will. I don't think Warrior Light's going to really show up. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like not a lot of people are talking about it. And the, the, the issue with the card is like I, I still think it's really, really gross. And if, if there's ever a world where you can play him and protect him in the same turn and then just go off... I, a lot of times you just win the next turn, um, mm -hmm. but I do think that that deck's gonna take time to develop because it, it's a it's kind of a combo deck. It's kind of what it oh, is for sure. Um, and and we haven't really had like a real combo like Dotaluma Cactuar is like the closest thing we've had to like a combo deck in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, there's really no like OTK combo you know kill decks in Final Fantasy. Um, I guess if you want to count like the infinite draw loop like the stuff Matiski tried to do, but that stuff in tournament like the problem is. Same with Warrior of Light is if you kill Warrior of Light or if you manage to kill these other things, it kind of stops the loop. Mm -hmm. And then that just kills the whole combo. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be playing that card. And may maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I want to see everybody playing the card because I, I still think the card's really dumb. But I think it's going to take time. And I don't think you're probably going to see any in the top 32. Mm -hmm. But I'd be pleased to be wrong. Oh, absolutely. How about uh, how about something you're maybe on the fence about that you could see it go either way? I mean, Warrior, <laughs> Warrior Light's kind of right there, too. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I, I guess Dark Fina. I'm kind of on the fence about that card. I think she's mm -hmm. really good. I just don't know who's going to be running, playing her. Like even, yeah. the, even these Fire Ice decks that people are doing good with, I, I haven't really seen Dark Fina in the list. 
And mm-hmm. that seems she to shows be... up in a couple, but like nothing. It, it's weird. It's only like maybe one or two copies. Uh, actually, yeah, I think Garland is probably like one I'm on the fence about. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think an early Garland. It's kind of like Zidane. Uh, an early Garland is really good. The later you mm-hmm. play, the later you play Garland, though, the worse he gets. And he's there. also small. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not as oppressive as Zidane because it, Garland can sit there for two turns, three turns, and you can win. Zidane mm-hmm. sits there and hits you two turns, like you're not winning. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. So. yeah, I think Garland does have a lot of upside. And again, like you said, he's a card that you want to drop turn two and really it messes up your opponent's curve. That's really what you're trying to do at the end of the day. Because they won't be able to go two drop back up, curve into three drop back up because without having to overpay for it, which is kind of where you want them to be. Because then you can just freeze that other backup, and yeah, you know, it really it really keeps setting them back each turn. Um, <clears throat> but I think the cards I think the cards really really solid. Um, again, he is small, so he gets hit by almost every piece of removal out there. But sometimes all you need is to be slowed down, so that card could be good, but I could also see it just straight blowing up in your face, too. Yeah, I've been playing him with Sid Randall. It's been pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes it even more awkward, because if they try to play a forward, like, if you're able if you're able to get both of them out, they can't play a forward to Dull, to mm-hmm. uh, to Garland. This, it forces them to keep kind of dulling their backups, unless they want to pay one, which is essentially the same thing. So, mm-hmm. the only thing with the freezing is... Uh, you have to be able to have that open CP to freeze stuff, and mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to be freezing a lot of stuff early game unless it's really essential, because you wanna you wanna be able to build your stuff up while they're behind, and mm-hmm. you can't do that while paying one every turn to freeze all, like the stuff that they're dulling. The thing exactly. that the thing that will mess with Garland though is monsters that don't do anything, because yep. uh, I can just dull them every time. Mm-hmm. It forces you to have to pay one to freeze the monster to force me to pay with something else at that point it just kind of takes some of the shine out of what you're trying to do with garland yeah so like if i play a death gaze or something and then you play garland i'm just gonna keep dulling my death gaze mm-hmm. yeah. until you freeze it but then you open up the rest of my resources that i want. but overall man i think um if i have one last prediction i think you know i said mono lightning i think is going to win the whole thing i think alba and diana are going to be a big part of that that's my last prediction I think the deck that wins is going to have Alba and Diana in it. Yeah, see, the, my, I think the best Mono Lightning deck probably doesn't have either in there. It's crazy as that is. I think the cards are good. Um, it's just hard. I think I think making a fifty card Mono Lightning deck right now is actually pretty hard. Yeah, um, no, I agree with that. You have a I lot of a lot of decisions, like you know. I think uh, one more thing. I think the deck that people are forgetting about mm-hmm. is Scions. Yeah. Oh yeah. That deck is still uh, real. Warriors of Darkness go very well in that deck too. Yeah, I don't even think you play Warriors of Darkness in that deck, but I think that deck is still real. I, th- I think I, I've actually come around on the Thancred backup. Mm-hmm. I think that card is good. I think it actually replaces the Thancred forwards. Interesting. And uh, I think you run Alphano forward, so now that like the Thancred kind of replaces where the Lightning that you had with Alphano. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you play for Adola, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're playing Alula. You're probably still playing Wool. Uh, I think mm-hmm. J- I think Jake is really good in that deck. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it changes a little bit, and I think it's still really strong. Well, there it is. So, would you do you think a Scion deck is going to sneak into the top cut? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think it's that. Like I said, like I I don't think it's that hard to sneak into top thirty two. Yeah, it really isn't. You're not sneaking at that point. You're opening the door and just kind of walking right in. Yeah, I think as long as you're comfortable in what you're playing and you're pretty confident and you have a decent day, you can make top 32. Like, you don't need to have, like... Like, you can make mistakes and make top 32, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, for sure, for sure. But also, too, we did learn, um, and there is there is no draft at this one, correct? This is all constructed. All constructed at this one. All constructed. So at least you don't have to worry about potentially, like, doing well, you know, squeaking into top cut and then... Just even if you do well in draft, you could potentially not make it in here. You know, here it just goes straight top thirty-two bracket style. You should have you to worry about going undefeated though, and then playing fucking Uncle Buckles, whatever. Top, the, the guy oh. that got thirty-second, his deck oh, name, yeah. and then losing. <laughs> Ramps dot deck. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man, how how wild would that be if the scrappy thirty-two seed 
ended up winning the whole damn thing. Get, get your bracket busters out now, boys. <laughs> Be pretty wild. Though, I do think Carbuncle Dex, I, I know you kind of you, you said the Uncle Buncle. That's what we name it. We call it around here. Um I think Carbuncle Dex you'll see you'll see some of. Um, it'll probably be more attuned to like the Prince version from last season. Um, I also think you'll see people just because they want to play them. You'll see a bunch of Final Fantasy decks, Final Fantasy Seven decks. You'll see all Final yeah, Fantasy. I think decks. you'll see it's just Final Fantasy decks. Yeah. Yeah. I, Final I, Fantasy Seven decks. Yeah, I don't think they're that good. Sadly. Yeah. I, I've tried but a bunch you, of stuff and they're just. But like, I know for a fact you'll see them. They will be there. They're just so fair. That's the problem. They're, they're like really fair. They don't really do anything like unless your opponent lets Barrett swing multiple times. Mm-hmm. They're not really doing anything that unfair. And then you probably feel bad if you're playing cards just to haste Barrett. Yeah, I mean it makes Barrett basically seven CP at that point. Just yep. to swing with them, and then if he dies after you haste them, that <laughs> feels awful. Yeah, it's 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 rough. I, I do think they're fun, and they they can snowball. Mm-hmm. Um. Wait. But we'll see, man. Even with all these predictions, man, we we could be completely wrong. It's gonna be, you know, I know I'm gonna have a good time calling the shots in the booth because there's gonna be like we're gonna see. There's gonna be so much to see, and there's gonna be so much to talk about, and there's gonna be just so much. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what kind of spice that like people are working on in secret to because I know there's people that have something that you know maybe they're not sharing because they want to you know they want to keep that close to the chest because they want that world spot, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I definitely don't blame them. So I can't wait to see what kind of wild stuff we get to see while we're calling the shots. But um, you know, otherwise it's any man's game. You know, give us a you know, give us a comment. You know, what on whatever platform you're listening to, what kind of predictions do you have for Tampa? What do you expect to see in the top cut? What kind of wild Gramps dot deck jank do you think you're going to see? Because again, a, a lot can happen, and you can sneak into top thirty-two, and could easily white ride your way to victory. But yeah, can we can we change the name to that deck to Elderly Man Tribal? I feel like that. Elderly name. Man Tribal, there it is. Yeah. Yikes! Sick deck. I love it. I love it. Anything with Gramps is okay with me, but you know, or you, you, I mean, you could run just a deck with a bunch of old men. In. Like you can use him. You could use like Asmodai. Just whatever. Uh, Strago. Gallif. Gramps dot deck. Gallif. Gallif. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> we're getting into five color jank territory, and I love every second of it. I dig it, but uh, but otherwise, Adam, any parting thoughts this week? No, I don't have anything. It's kind of a, kind of a not not too much of a news heavy week, I guess. Uh, yeah, super light week, you know. But you know, we're always here. We're always here to give you guys the goods. And like I said, be on the lookout this week for the videos of just the deck text of the decks we would play at Tampa if we were actually on the uh, on the competing side as opposed to the commentating side. So you know, be on the lookout for those in the next couple weeks. And uh, you know, I have nothing else to say and. I guess I can sign off. I can feel good signing off with that. Yeah, I think I'm okay with it. Yep. So a tip of the hat. Guys, thanks for listening as always. We'll see you next time. We'll see you later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.